public nudity, and other assaults on decency. Attacks on the virtue of modesty in dress are everywhere and include the easy availability of porn, plays, movies, network television shows, and streaming shows, fashion magazines, and advertising. Too often overlooked are the in-your-face assaults on public decency in our communities. Today, an ascending order of offensiveness and importance will look at five attacks on public decency that receive often too little attention. One, the annual no-pants subway ride. Two, the annual world naked bike ride. Three, shame parades. Four, the promotion of female toplessness. And five, the transcultic revolution. And if you go to this article online, we have a link to images from each of these activities. They're obscene, so we make it a little bit challenging to get to them. So first, the annual no-pants subway ride, which includes Chicago CTA. This event asks passengers to ride subways pantless. While this event, which takes place every January, doesn't involve nudity, it does nonetheless constitute an assault on modesty and decency. It began in New York City in 2002 as a comedy stunt by an improv collective, and it's metastasized to cities around the world, including Chicago, Dallas, Hartford, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Portland, San Diego, San Francisco, and Seattle, and, of course, our nation's swampy capital, Washington, D.C. Then we have the World Naked Bike Ride. This obscene event began in 2003 to, quote, celebrate freedom from oil and the beauty of people, end quote. It takes place around the world during high tourist season. In Chicago, it takes place in June. This event begins at 6 p.m. at a public location revealed several days before the event. Creepy people, many fully naked, then bike 14 miles around the city, including in the past the Mag Mile, exposing unsuspecting Chicagoans and visitors, including families with young children, to gross displays of public indecency committed by hundreds and hundreds of exhibitionists. And the police do nothing. Then there are the LGBTQQAP celebration parades. Shameful pride events pollute the streets of cities around the United States every June. Thousands of people attend, including children, who both attend and march in these celebrations of sexual perversion. And then we have the Go Topless Day or the Free the Nipple Movement. Both events promote the false idea that commitments to equal protection and equality demand that neither society nor law recognize that men's bodies and women's bodies are different. While leftists argue that treating men's and women's bodies as identical makes women safer, it in fact makes women less safe and less respected. Both men and women know intuitively that women's breasts are different from men's breasts. It is not cultural indoctrination that creates that understanding. Rather, it's cultural indoctrination with doctrinaire feminist theory that undermines it. Cultural regressives presume that all ideas with which they disagree are socially constructed from the detritus of an antiquated puritanical society, whereas their beliefs emerge from some wellspring of pure truth untainted by forces of social construction. Yeah, right. 
The notion that men can get pregnant and women can have penises is not arbitrary and takes no social conditioning or legal oppression to get people to believe or pretend to believe. If it were true that women's breasts are no different from men's chests, then it wouldn't matter if teenage daughters walk around their homes topless in the presence of their fathers, their father's friends, their brothers, or their brother's friends. And it would make no difference if high school girls play shirts and skins in co-ed PE classes. In an article published in the University of California Irvine Law Review in 2017 titled Female Toplessness, Gender Equality's Next Frontier, then-law student Nassim Alasabani, female of course, made the intellectual argument in favor of the legalization of female toplessness. In addition to arguing that both male and female breasts are erogenous zones and that men too can lactate if exposed to the, quote, right hormonal cocktail of progesterone, estrogen, oxytocin, and prolactin, end quote, Alasabani argues this, and I quote, Female topless prohibitions are the embodiment of gender discrimination. It is one of the remaining laws that blatantly treat men and women differently on the basis of how society views their bodies and the biological differences between the sexes. It is a modern example that a woman's body is deemed lesser than a man's. I'm going to interrupt for one second to say, actually, these laws embody the idea that women's bodies are deeply valued. But to continue, she says, just as the Defense of Marriage Act and state prohibitions of sodomy and same-sex marriage demeaned, degraded, and humiliated our fellow human beings who are homosexual, prohibitions of female toplessness demean women and degrade men. These laws humiliate men and women. They strip every person of his or her humanity. These laws tell women that their bodies are obscene, while at the same time telling men that they are unable to trust their ability to control themselves around persons of the opposite sex. A woman's body is her vessel, just like a man's is his. If the law cannot treat this fundamental part of her as equal to her male counterparts, she will not be able to expect the law to treat her equally in other ways. This is the first step in the long fight for true equity. End quote. Alice Abani refers to a successful legal challenge to a Fort Collins, Colorado ordinance banning female toplessness, an ordinance about which Kristen Wagoner of the Alliance Defending Freedom also wrote, and I quote her, The Tenth Circuit's ruling assumes that perceptions of and sexual responses to particular body parts are socially constructed, and when anti-nudity laws differentiate between men's and women's bodies, it is solely because of social stereotypes. Under the Tenth Circuit's opinion, girls just emerging into womanhood can now walk around Fort Collins topless. Allowing a 10, 12, or 14-year-old girl to walk to school topless tells her a lie about her own body. It tells her that her breasts are no different than a man's, and therefore that she shouldn't feel any more delicacy about exposing her breasts than a boy would. That puts her in grave danger, both physically and emotionally. 
It also means that women who experience trauma from harassment targeting their breasts are just buying into harmful regressive stereotypes about their own bodies. No one has even considered the possibility that there is something different, fundamentally, biologically, essentially different about women's bodies that merits protection. Women's breasts are not the same as men's. Women have the unique, inimitable ability to create and nurture life with our bodies. Our breasts are a vital part of that work, a work that is intimately connected with sexuality. Men's breasts, on the other hand, aren't involved in creating or sustaining life. In that sense, they are not special, end quote. If you go to this article online, you can see visual evidence of what the circuit court's decision has wrought. You will see a photo of a young woman demonstrating her support for Planned Parenthood in front of Planned Parenthood on a busy Colorado street in Fort Collins. And last, we have the transcultic revolution. The trans revolution posits that biological sex has no intrinsic meaning relative to sexual activity, marriage, childbirth, parenting, modesty, or the desire for privacy. Maleness and femaleness have nothing to do with biological sex and body parts are interchangeable. Those who care about the body parts of their romantic or sexual partners are deemed hateful, bigoted, transphobes. If this ideology becomes deeply rooted in American culture, there remains no way to retain laws that recognize women's bodies as different from men's, that protect women's privacy and modesty, and that preserve the public good by prohibiting female toplessness. How would such laws be applied to biological women who pretend to be men, are viewed as men by the law, but choose not to have top surgery? Despite what progressive libertines allege, modesty in dress is wholly unrelated to hatred of the body. It's unrelated to puritanical shame of the body, fear of sex, or the radical Muslim requirement that the entire female body be enveloped in a tent. Such claims are manipulative tools to shame those who view modesty as a virtue that contributes to human flourishing and the public good. When our children are little, we tell them that certain parts of their bodies are private and that no one should view or touch them. Either that is a lie or we're violating in practice a fundamental truth about humans, which is that parts of our anatomy are indeed private. The thousand and one ways bodily decency is daily assaulted and the assaults ignored and tolerated are a thousand and one ways our children and grandchildren are being harmed.